Coming up, we'll tell you how the Mariners can sell Shohei Otani on coming to Seattle and revisit a popular trade target for the M's last offseason that actually might make sense this offseason. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. This is Tony Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on. That's L O C K D O N to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, subscribe, like, and turn on alerts. If you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform, if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as their social accounts, is in the description of this episode. So on the show today, we're going to revisit a popular trade target for the Mariners last offseason and discuss if he's actually a possibility this offseason. That's Brian Reynolds, whose situation has obviously changed with the extension he signed, but does that actually make him untouchable? We're going to talk about that later on. We also have a little bit of news to talk about as well. But uh, but first, let me... Let me paint a picture for you, a a pure hypothetical. John Stanton and the Mariners are actually willing to pay what it would take to bring Shohei Otani to Seattle, but they're competing with the likes of the Dodgers, the Giants, the Rangers, maybe the Mets and the Cubs. So how do they pry Otani away from those teams? How do they sell Otani on, you know, leaving the lights of LA for the Pacific Northwest? I want to explore that today. So. Colby, if you're John Stanton, Jerry DePoto, Justin Hollander, et cetera, what are the advantages Seattle has that you're pitching to Otani? There are some very real like issues uh, with Seattle trying to uh, not necessarily outbid because we know it's not just about the highest number, but just trying to outsell essentially the Dodgers, the Giants, the Rangers, maybe the Mets. Um one of them is obviously, you know, that ownership has a bit of a reputation that this is a, a group that has stopped short uh, when they were on the doorstep a couple times now. Uh, that is something that you have to kind of combat. This is a team that's never been to the World Series. Um, you know, that's something that you have to try and, and work around because if winning matters, then it's really hard to make an argument that Texas doesn't give you a better chance to win than Seattle right now because Texas just won the World Series and the Dodgers have been to the playoffs like, 10 years in a row and they won like six division titles in a row and, and they won a world series too, kind of. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. Uh, but I, this is where I think your creativity has to come into play. And this is where I think, uh, ultimately what Otani wants more than anything is control over his own career. So that is what, this is where I think is, is different, uh, or what could separate the Mariners or give them a fighting chance in this, conversation or in the sales pitch is total control over your situation, over your career, over where you play uh, the rest of your career. So um, we've talked about this in the past, but I think it's, it's, you have to be willing to um, 
just have Shohei for a year and allow him to go back on the free agent market. Like you can't get greedy here and, and be like, we want three guaranteed years. And then after that, you get an option every other year and blah, blah, blah. I think you have to give them multiple options. And I think you have to give them one after year one. You have to give them one after year two. Um, I, this is an additional course to paying him at the top of the market. So uh, I think ultimately, and this is just a guess, I think what Shohei wants more than anything is that he wants to feel like he can kind of get out of a bad situation whenever he feels like it, uh, which he was not able to do in Anaheim. So um, if the money's roughly the same, then it's going to come down to structure. Uh, so I, I think for me, it's what what do we need to give you to feel comfortable coming right. to Seattle? Is it yearly opt-outs? Is it, you know, is it bi-yearly opt-outs? Is it like, what what is it? What is the the secret sauce here? Because we'll pay the same AAV as as the Dodgers, which seems unlikely, but in theory they could. Uh, we'll pay the same AAV as the Giants, as the Rangers. So how can our structure beat what those teams are offering? Because you know, in in all seriousness, like you're a better roster than the Giants. That's not really up for debate. I think it's debatable yeah. whether or not you're better than uh the rangers and by the way show hey if you come sign with us i don't think that's debatable anymore i think we're definitely better than the rangers right. um and, and probably the, dodgers, the dodgers obviously yeah the dodgers have some serious pitching issues right mm -hmm. now particularly in their rotation you know and the, if you're the mariners you can sell otani on even without you in the rotation we have arguably the best rotation in baseball if not you know top three top five mm -hmm. so uh, and then, you know, yep. with you in 2025 and beyond, like we are definitively the best rotation in baseball. So um, that's kind of your sales pitch on that front. But yeah, like you said, in terms of the just strictly the negotiations, structure matters way more than money. Like I've talked about in the past, they both matter, but sure. I mean, he knows he's going to get broken off, though. He knows wherever he goes, he's going to get mm -hmm. paid. He's going to get paid a like probably the most insane contract we have ever seen in major league baseball history just because of who he is and what he's able to do and the uniqueness of Shohei Otani and the aura of Shohei Otani and also what that brings to your franchise and obviously Otani and his agent know that what you know financial benefits there are of having Shohei Otani on your team you know with the advertising the TV deals in Japan all that stuff but the way that money could play a factor here is if a team, and in this case the Mariners, actually make a financial commitment to him as a pitcher, to Otani the pitcher, some form of financial commitment. Because we've talked about, obviously, with the elbow issue and the fact that, look, over the duration of the contract, whatever contract he winds up signing, any team that's negotiating with him probably thinks that at a certain point he's going to have to stop doing both, that he's going to have to pick pitching or hitting towards the end of that contract. So it's going to be incentive-based. It's going to be very incentive-heavy with innings pitched, all that stuff. But, and maybe this doesn't matter, but if money is going to actually play a factor, because again, he's going to get paid no matter what, if money is going to actually play a real factor into the into the negotiations and play a factor into his actual decision might be if team actually goes we believe in you as a pitcher we believe that you're going to pitch for at least x amount of years and they pitch in you know 15 20 million dollars 
guaranteed on a per year basis plus incentives based off of innings pitch rather than just strictly incentives which the dodgers might get away with that but they might get away with just incentives for the pitching really no guaranteed money on the pitching front from 2025 onward but if you're a team like the mariners that has to overcome the dodgers that has to overcome the giants that has to overcome the rangers in these in these negotiations you might actually have to take a risk and just fork over those dollars yeah it's it's pretty big risk though so yeah you know it's it's a difficult dance that you kind of have to maneuver here um i think it was will carroll who i believe is at i don't think it's called roto world anymore but um he had i think i read something this morning that said that there was a team out there in the otani talks who essentially wanted to give him two contracts one as a as an offensive player and then one as a pitcher um and the offensive contract would pay him just under what Aaron judge got last year. And then the pitching deal, while it would technically be one contract, it's essentially two different contracts in one. Uh, and it would pay him. So it's like $35 million as a hitter and then $20 million as a pitcher or whatever. And then that's kind of what it looks like. Uh, at least one team is, is willing to do. And that's what you're describing. And, and, you know, it's easy to say like, that sounds like Seattle, but, it could just as easily be the Giants. It could just as easily be the Dodgers or, or the Rangers or right. the Mets. So you're kind of in Cubs. a tough spot, right? Yeah. I mean, like it, it just anything that makes sense for the Mariners to do makes sense for every other team in baseball to do. So right. um, you just have to be willing to do it. I And I think most teams are going to be willing to do that kind of that structured deal. And that's why I think you have to go to the extreme of like, you want to opt out after every single year? Fine. You know, then have it. You can have an opt out. You could pick whenever you want to be a free agent. Yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty much your your best shot. And you hope that no other teams will only go that far. And also, we're kind of assuming that Otani wants like a long term deal. Maybe he just wants a one year deal. You know, Maybe. just sign for $40 million this year uh, and then go back out on the market next year when you are going to be able to sell yourself as a pitcher and a hitter. Um, mm. and you can, you know, kind of test a place out, you know, maybe it's Seattle, maybe it's, it's Chicago, maybe it's Atlanta or whatever. And, and you just, Oh, I'll just go yeah. DH there for a year. See if I like it. And if I'm, if I do, then maybe I'm open to a long-term thing. If not, I'm back on the market and I'm, I'm still going to make my, you know, 550, $600 million. So, uh, yeah, but I, we're just making a lot of assumptions on what Otani wants. Right, uh, right. but it does seem to me that what he's going to value the most, and this, again, just total guess. Mm-hmm is control over his career, over where he spends his career. And to me, that means he's going to want opt-outs. That means he's going to want some guarantees that like when he decides he's done pitching, that's when I'm done pitching. When I decide that I'm going to give up this two-way thing, that's when it's going to happen, not a minute before. Uh, And if you're not willing to facilitate that, then I want the ability to leave. And so it's that. It's you know, obviously the no trade clause, full no trade clause and and all that stuff. So that he has total control over where he uh, spends each, every single year of his career. And I think that's how you kind of, you know, put yourself near the top of the list. I think that's your really only, that's really your only sales pitch that you can uh, conceivably give that would, you know, entice him to pick you over Texas, Los Angeles, San, uh, San Francisco. Yeah, because while selling him on the the roster and the area and all that stuff is is great, and that's obviously part of the pitch. It's part of it. You yeah. know, and selling him on here's Julio and and Ichiro's here and all that stuff. 
that's that's great and all that but ultimately it comes down to structure and it comes down to the dollars and, and mostly structure and i think the way that you uh, the the most feasible way in my mind that you can sell otani on actually signing with your ball club in seattle is by giving him opt-outs after pretty much every single year and providing him with a financial belief in him as a pitcher and again yep. that's probably going to be some hefty guarantees i'm talking 10 15 maybe 20 million dollars guaranteed on a per year basis from at least 2025 to like 2027 at least so it's a major risk but if you want to get a player like this and you want to overcome a team like the dodgers it's probably what you have to do and that's probably just the reality of the situation and even then that might not be enough who knows but that's essentially what our sales pitch would be to Shohei Otani to get him to Seattle. Now, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about another player that we uh, we spent a lot of time talking about last offseason. That's Brian Reynolds. Could he still be a possibility for the Mariners this offseason? Talk about that in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. And yeah, the Mariners might not be playing right now, but the Kraken and Seahawks are. So whether the action is on turf or on the ice, you can bet on it all with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So, Colby, you put out a poll yesterday asking our listeners if uh, they would trade Brian Wu or Bryce Miller for Brian Reynolds, who we haven't talked about in a while because he signed an extension and that kind of killed the you know trade discourse surrounding him in the Mariners sphere and the results of the poll, I think uh, at least, you know, the last time you checked them kind of surprised you, right? Yeah. Um, it was pretty overwhelming that the answer was yes. Uh, it was 77% said yes on about 800 votes. So um, that is surprising to me. I thought it'd be 60, 40. I, I think uh, what I learned is that the, the name Brian Reynolds carries more value than, the player Brian Reynolds actually is, or at least mm. has been for the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, you know, it's definitely an interesting idea. Uh, Pittsburgh certainly needs young pitching. Uh, it, they need pitching in general, but again, Pittsburgh's not the type of team that's going to go out there and be in on the, you know, Michael Wacca's even uh, of, of the world. So, uh, you know, might they go sign Kyle Gibson for like 8 million bucks? Sure, I guess, but they need young, controllable, cheap pitching because they are a cheap ball club. Um, and so Miller Wu makes a lot of sense for them, especially if they just lost Oviedo. Uh, sounds like he's probably going under the under the knife for Tommy John, so he'll be out all of 2024. 
Um, so really they brew bakers out for 2024 already. So really it's just, um, ooh, uh, Keller, uh, in that rotation mm-hmm. and then a whole lot of nothing. Like they can go and try and get the Kyle Gibson and the rich Hill types. But I mean, this is a team that I think in theory had ideas that maybe they could compete for a wild card next year. They were surprisingly solid this year and they've had, you know, Selinski and, and Reynolds and, and O'Neill Cruz will be back next year, even though he's not very good. And Brian Hayes. And, you know, you kind of look around and go, Oh, they, they've got some, some stuff. They've got some pieces here. And if they have a smart off season, they could conceivably, you know, win 85 games next year. And that gives you a shot to make it to the, uh, in the wild card. So, and also the, the NL central's, bad like it's not a good division yeah especially if milwaukee's gonna rebuild that one's wide open yeah the division winner yeah yeah so it all makes a lot of sense but the thing is is that if you're seattle right you're not trading those guys for prospects Mm -hmm. um and if you're if you're pittsburgh there's not a lot of guys as good as these two who are going to be as cheap money wise as these two so how do you find middle ground? Well, who do we know for a fact Seattle has had serious interest in pretty much each of the last two off seasons? Brian Reynolds. And what do we know about Jerry DePoto? Loves to circle back. He doesn't give up on deals. So in theory, you have something that Pittsburgh needs. Pittsburgh has something that you yep. need or want. Mm-hmm. There's the there's the deal, right? And Pittsburgh, just because they Brian Reynolds signed an extension there, doesn't mean they had any intention of making him a, a forever Pittsburgh pirate, right? Like they they are definitely right. going to be willing to trade him. Are they willing to trade him this winter? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh but yeah, there is at the very at the very, you know, surface level, there is a connection here and there is a, a path to a deal. Whether or not it makes sense for Seattle. I don't know. I, I think it makes a tremendous amount of sense for Pittsburgh because Brian Reynolds, as I mentioned at the top, just not as good as people seem to think. Um, he's been right. What a three, one player last year, two and a half. Like he's just been kind of solid. I mean, he he's been fine. He's been good, but he's Ian Happ. He's not, you know, uh, he's not even, he's, he's basically Ian Happ. you know, he's not a star. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's really starting to look like the, uh, the 2021 season is just an outlier for him yep. and he's more of a, you know, two to four win player, which I know is a very large gap, but that's kind of in the range that he's been three and a half in 2019, 2.8 in 2022, 2.3 this past year. Um, you know, 263, 330, 461, 10 WRC plus 24 home runs, 84 ribs. Um, He's he doesn't particularly grade out well defensively. Yeah, defender in left full time left fielder this year, so he doesn't have the excuse of like, oh well, he's a center. He's a they're forcing him to play center, right. but he's really a left fielder. Nope, he doesn't have that. Right. And then so you know you kind of look at that. And he's he's making more money than somebody like Randy Rosarena. The bat on Randy yeah. seems to have a higher floor than the bat on Reynolds. So I don't yeah. know if I would trade Miller or Wu. And if you're not trading one of those guys, you're probably not getting Reynolds because yeah. you're not. It's yeah, probably it's probably not worth it to the yeah like the yeah. the pirates probably don't feel that it's worth it at that point so I mean maybe if you're throwing Jared Kelnick and and you know Emerson Hancock and a decent prospect at him but uh, yeah just it's there's not a, a smooth deal here I mean obviously if if Pittsburgh adds like uh, David Bednar or something like that 
then maybe you're interested in trading a Wu or, or a Miller. Um, and, you know, there are some, some right. complimentary pieces that uh, Pittsburgh has. I just wrote about a, a rookie third baseman, not Brian Hayes, uh, who is a really interesting uh, fit for Seattle and, and, you know, good insurance for, for Gino, great defender at third base. He actually hit a little bit in his, in his debut, not a lot of pop. Um, I think it's Jason Chirillo is how you pronounce it. Um, hmm. just, you know, solid 25 year old triple a depth. Uh, there are some pieces in Pittsburgh that can make this deal work as a whole, but in a vacuum, I think trading Reynolds for like Miller, I think that makes a lot more sense for Pittsburgh than it does Seattle. Sotosports.substack.com, by the way, if you want to read uh, what Colby uh, is talking about there. Um, so yeah, Reynolds signed a uh, an eight-year, $106.7 million um, dollar, uh, extension um, earlier this year. Uh, he's club-controlled through 2031. That's a $20 million option, club option in 2031. Uh, so it's definitely not prohibitive, um, money wise, uh, even for, you know, even for the fact that he is, uh, regressing and has been regressing in each of the last two years, going from a six, one player to a 2.8, one player in, uh, 2022 and then 2.3 this year. Um, you know, he's still a, a good player. Like I would still consider Brian mm-hmm. Reynolds to be a good player, but I don't think I would trade Miller or Wu for him. I really don't. I, I don't think he's worth that. I think that's probably what it would take to get him from the Pirates, like you said. I don't think he's worth that. So I'm. That's probably a long-winded way of saying that I'm out. Um, yeah. at that point. But uh, you know, if they do find a way here, if they do find a path, then great. I, I think there is definitely a package that the Mariners can can put together that is fair valuation for Brian Reynolds in a vacuum, but. I don't think it's something that the uh, the pirates would actually accept. It's kind of a similar discussion to like what we what we've talked about with Gino, right? Where it's like, yeah, there's fair valuation that a team can put together for Gino, but because of all these other external factors, it doesn't make sense for the Mariners. Same thing with the Pirates yeah. and Brian Reynolds. So if it's Hancock and and Kelnick, you know, like maybe you're interested at that point, but even then, for me, I, it's not hard for me to imagine Kelnick having a better year than Brian Reynolds lot uh, next year. So. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, if Kelnick if Kelnick plays a full season, he might not have been that far off from him in 2023. Yeah, so yeah, so we'll see. But something to keep an eye on. But I don't think it's that likely. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So before we get out of here, we got a little bit of news to go over with the uh, with the Mariners. Uh, obviously, the um, the deadline to protect. Uh, non 40 man roster guys from the rule five draft is uh, today at, I believe three o'clock Pacific time. Uh, And uh, the Mariners have made a move to protect Zach Deloach from the rule five draft. That's uh, a little bit of a surprise. And an even bigger surprise is that they DFA'd Mike Ford to make room for Deloach on the 40 man roster. So I, I, did think that he was going to be either DFA or traded at some point this offseason. Just a little surprised that it happened this early. Uh, why do you think it happened this early, Colby? Why not? Obviously, I mean, you still have like guys like Ryan Jensen and yeah. all that. Obviously, it means that they're signing Shohei Otani this afternoon and they needed to clear right. out the DH right. spot. That's what I'm reading on Twitter. Right. right. Um, That's how it works. 
that's how roster building yeah, works. That's totally how it works. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, particularly why, on November fourteenth. Sure. Uh, why yeah. Ford? Um, because it it really doesn't matter if 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 the plan is to non tender him, which is obviously was the plan. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, and by you know not by DFAing him now, he gets to go through waivers. Uh, he gets free agency a little bit sooner. Um, and maybe you're trying to kind of sneak him through waivers. Maybe you've had this conversation with Mike uh, about you know hey, we we don't want to offer you one point three million or whatever, but we'd like to have you back. And if you can clear through waivers, we'll outright you and and blah 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 or or you know so. Or they feel pretty decent about the shot. I mean, I mean, today, by the way, most forty mans are going to be full. So, in order to claim Mike Ford, you'd have to drop somebody who you just protected. So, uh, it's a pretty good time of the year right now to try and sneak somebody through waivers. And maybe the maybe the the game plan here is just like we'll put you through waivers. Anybody wants to claim you, I mean, fantastic. They want to pay you the the one point three million. We wish you luck. If not, mm-hmm. we'd love to have you back here on a minor league deal, and we'll give you the invite to spring training, and we'll give you a you know, like a hefty bonus of, of some kind, uh, to, you know, get you back in camp with us. So it could be as simple as that. It could just be that they didn't want to, they didn't want to tender him a contract and might as well DFA him now, let him go out there early. Um, sure. and, you know, typically speaking, uh, Seattle is going to make a lot of moves. Uh, so they don't really, it doesn't really matter the order in which you DFA somebody. So if a guy, you know, is not going to be back next year, or, you know, it's not going to be on your 40 man, doesn't matter it just it doesn't like sure just if they dfa out. ryan jensen today doesn't matter they dfa trent thornton today it doesn't matter so um you know just kind of towards the guy they picked and and my guess would be is that they think they can sneak him through waivers because today is the day where everybody's adding to their 40 man so there's a decent chance mm-hmm. he sneaks through waivers and i think they probably feel like there's a decent chance he'll accept his assignment to triple a um mm-hmm. maybe not Maybe, maybe he clears waivers. He didn't, he, uh, rejects his assignment and then he signs a major league deal back with Seattle for $750,000 instead of, you know, 1.3 million. Maybe we don't know, but ultimately it doesn't matter that much. Mike Ford, clearly Seattle wasn't going to pay him the 1.3. So whether you DFA him now or you non-tender him in a week, the results the same. So protecting Zach Deloach, what do you think about that move? That's uh, that's a bit of a surprise, bit of a weird one weird yeah it's 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 weird um it tells me that uh, taylor trammell is probably not surviving the winter on your 40 man yeah. uh unfortunately because with kelnick with marlowe now deloach you don't kind of zone yeah you don't need five left-handed hit left-handed hitting outfielder corner outfield guys on your 40 man um particularly you don't need four of them who should be in triple a to start the year so uh, Tramel's also out of options. So if he didn't make the club, he's probably going to get DFA'd. Uh, so yeah, kind of an interesting choice. I think there was a, a decent chance to Loach was selected. So, um, I, I don't think that it's like, Oh, nobody would ever take him while you're adding him to the 40 man. It's just interesting that Seattle didn't want to lose Deloach. Yeah. So maybe there's a team, maybe there's a trade out there that they're working and Deloach is like a part of it. Um, yep. maybe, uh, they just like Zach Deloach and, and he had a, he had a solid year in Tacoma, you know, obviously you have to be careful with AAA numbers. Uh, but Tacoma is not the, you know, the hitters paradise. Like most of the PCL is, uh, he drew a ton of walks. He's a decent defender, good athlete. Uh, he mm-hmm. started to get into some power uh, at the end of the year. Like 
it's a decent prospect. There is a fourth, fifth outfield type of uh, tool set here. It's just kind of weird that Seattle didn't want to risk losing him. And like I said, in particular, like you mentioned, when they have Kelnick, uh, Trammell, Marlowe, Canzone already on their 40 man. So that tells me that, uh, that he has leaped, I would assume Trammell, maybe Marlowe also, but I doubt it. I think Taylor's the odd man out here. Um, because it's just a very similar skill set to the other five guys. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I didn't think Seattle was going to add anybody to their 40 man today. Um, yeah. but you know, they must think that the Loach is at least a, a usable player, uh, you know, useful player and, and you can use them in a pinch. And, um, yeah, you know, obviously we know we, li- they like him. They took him in the second round and yeah. it could just be that, you know, they're finally seeing the player they thought they saw when they took him in the second and they want to give him one more year. Um, but yeah, I mean, also worth noting, this doesn't mean Zach Deloach is going to, you know, make survive the winter on the 40 man either. So, um, a lot of the time these type of moves are just window dressing and, and they get come and go really quick and, and all that. But yeah, I did think it was interesting, uh, that, uh, you know, Deloach was added. I wasn't expecting that. And I think unfortunately it probably means the end for uh, Taylor in Seattle, which real bummer because, you know, Tramel's, you know, one of my favorite dudes in, in the org. He just seems like a great guy. Didn't really hit here, and and maybe you can find a trade for him. Maybe he could be part of something, a trade, or like I said, maybe we're all wrong, and it's just we're about ready to trade Deloach, you know, in a couple days, and we just wanted to make sure that we had him. So right, right. I guess yep. we'll see. All right, so that's going to do it for our show. Question of the day for you guys down in the comments below: What's the best Marvel movie? MCU. We'll just keep it to MCU. N- nothing before the MCU. What's the best MCU movie? Is it still uh wh- which one was yours, Colby? I can't remember which one was your number one the last time we ranked them. It generally rotates between like three. Like yeah. it just kind of depends on what I've seen most recently and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure it was Infinity War. Mm. But it might have been Endgame is usually up there. Um yeah. it's usually one of those two. And then No Way Home is is probably up there now, but yeah. Uh can we put Loki as number one? <laughs> uh, it is a title. It's not a movie, uh, but it's, infi- uh, it's, uh, I would say it's probably infinity war right now. Uh, Ooh, Ooh, it might've been uh captain America winter soldier though. Love that one as well. Winter soldier is great. First captain America is really underrated too. It really is like solid. Movie. It's solid. Yeah, really, really like that movie. Um, still Thor Ragnarok for me. Which, uh, that's, which, that's, that's good too yep. which which again makes thor love and thunder all the more disappointed <laughs> is it possible sense. thor's only good with loki maybe maybe he also needs bruce banner there too maybe, maybe but maybe whatever maybe. yeah let us know yeah. and join us in locked on marvel as soon as somebody gets it through their thick head that that's a good idea right right yeah. you know who you are right got the yeah, perfect host right here just saying just saying just putting that out there also i, I think you're going to be appearing on a certain other mariners podcast I talking mean, marvel we'll see if they're serious but uh yeah, yeah i'd like to be i, I like i like the uh the nerdy stuff so yeah yeah we, we get into some of that stuff over on the patreon as well patreon.com forward slash control the zone so yeah let us know what the uh best mcu movie is or not even best just your favorite 
because again I, I like to differentiate the two but whatever all right that's gonna do it for our show thank you so much for joining us here on the lockdown mirrors podcast for colby patnode i'm Tidy gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at dane gonzalez it's d-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 that's cpat11 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you next time peace